0: What's good, Portland? This is your host, Rosa Pansa. And this is my co-host, the glorious, the notorious, Tim Johnson. Rip City! And this is the Busted Bucket Podcast. Locally grown here in Portland, Oregon, the city of roses, the city of bridges, Stumptown PDX. We are a show with no rules, just a couple of friends who so happen to love Portland basketball. Tim Johnson, how you living, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm here with you guys man i am doing good too and you guys is right because we have a special guest once again and of course it is jj from the bay area happy holidays hey happy holidays and also happy new york new year's eve to everybody by the time you listen to this i know it's the 30th for us right now but it will be the 31st when we post this and just as just to fill you guys in jj from the bay area he's the one that gives us the beats makes the feel for our general podcast, and we are happy to have him on the show today. I'm happy to be here, fellas. Thank you. So let's get into this game. We just watched the Blazers versus the Clippers. Blazers 105, Clippers 128. Kind of a rough game for the Blazers. Um, What did you guys think? What's your overall feel for this game? Man, you know, I can't help but think
1: that this game came down to poor coaching. I hate to throw stats on the table so early, but, man, the defensive adjustments, or lack thereof, you know, I, I think that killed us. And, and, dude, where was the offensive creativity? It was like we were watching Nate McMillan
0: again. Right. I, I agree with that analysis. I mean, it was just a really weird game to watch because... There was just an absurd amount of isolation basketball once again. Um, we saw like over and over Dame and CJ Mello um, really just take a high screen and roll from, from Nurk and then pull up. JJ, what did you think of the game?
2: I mean for these type of games, especially when you're playing against your quote unquote rival, you have Paul George, you have Patrick Beverly, like I know Portland love loves these guys and (laughs) you would think that the Blazers would you know wake up to the challenge and you know want to step on their neck and just kill them on the court but I didn't see that and these are the games that you shouldn't have as a coach motivate your players number one and I agree with you know Tim that thoughts so many things that you know I thought he could have strategized better but it's also on the, the players, too, man. Like, you got to go out there and play.
1: I, I, I think, you know, to piggyback on that, um, you know, one thing that I that I noticed and I think we all saw was that, you know, the, the Blazers weren't really sharing the rock, right? Like, when I mentioned Nate McMillan, my mind goes back to the, the B-Roy and LaMarcus era where it seemed like the only plays that were run were Roy ISO at the top. LaMarcus pick-and-roll pick and or pick-and-pop or LaMarcus on the block. And and it kind of seemed like that with the exception of Nurk was absent, man. Where was Nurk t- this game? I mean, he was being outplayed by Ibaka. He couldn't guard him to save his life. Uh, I, I think Nurk's feet were, were
0: too too slow, man. He he couldn't guard him 10 feet beyond the, the hoop. He, he looked really awful. I mean, we, we're going to take a look at stats here. I mean, Nurkic, we'll just start with him Four points and four rebounds. That's yeah. that's your starting I mean, center. Um, I mean, he was a non-factor. He was definitely a non-factor. He was a turnstile on defense. They got everything that they wanted on the inside. And I actually wanted to bring this up later, but um, the thing that concerns me is that if you have the opposite team penetrating the paint over and over and over, and Nurkic is there, and then you get to the bench, and your bench is Enos Kanter, and he's the one that's supposed to welcome... Um, the next people that are going to drive the paint over and over and over I think this is definitely a huge weakness of the Blazers and it's showing its ugly head really early Um, I know it's early in the season and they can figure it out they could find some way to kind of patch that um, with either some sort of team defense or I'm not sure Um, but they they have to figure it out yeah for sure I mean I canter isn't really known for his defense
1: right like he's he's known for his offensive rebounding and his putbacks and and we saw that this game i think he did a pretty good job in that respect but you know when nurk was on the floor you know one play in particular i think pat bev got a easy rebound over nurkage like that should never happen
2: yeah ever it's all about fundamentals like when we grow up playing basketball, you find the closest man next to you and you box out. And we didn't see that.
1: Yeah, just put your hip against him, you know, like just find somebody. Yeah, we, we weren't seeing that at all. Um, And, and, and you know, d- defensively, they looked slow on rotations. They looked uh, a little discombobulated. And, and I think that transferred over to their offense, especially when Dave, uh, Dame couldn't
0: get cooking. Yeah, it's just not encouraging when you play 23 minutes and you're the starting center, and you only come up with four rebounds. That's For sure. that's saying a lot. That that talks about the level of energy and the level in, of intensity that you're playing with. And Nurkic looked really slow. Um, he looked out class, and which is which is concerning. Um, I say this, but against the Lakers, he played really well. So I don't know. I don't know which version of Nurkic we're going to see for most of the season, um, and there well, and, is hope. And, and that's that he.
1: And that's why. Mm-hmm. That's why I think this game comes down to. Not, not to interrupt you, but I, I think that's why this game comes down to Stotts. I yeah. think he needed to make his adjustments early because I, I think they blew it early. I mean, yeah, Dame
2: didn't get cooking until it was too late, until the third. Right, like Stotts should have put you know a play in for Dame to get going. But then yeah, and we had all these role players shooting the ball within 18 seconds left in the shot clock. You can't have Covington, Nert, or even someone like Anthony shooting with like twenty seconds left on the shot clock. I'm sorry. I don't agree with that.
0: Yeah, I I don't yeah, agree with that either. Tough. Like unless your name is Steph Curry or your Dame Lillard, you should not be taking a shot that early in the shot clock. You should be running a play. And that's what well-coached teams do. We're piling on, on, on stats here because Tim said it earlier, this might be one of the worst of our poorly coached games we've seen in a while.
2: What, what are the Clippers yeah, known definitely. for? Their defense, defense. right? Mm-hmm. They didn't have to play defense tonight, guys.
1: Yeah, I mean... Like, yeah. I won't say they didn't have to, but the defense that they did play was
0: enough to disrupt everything the Blazers were doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, if you only really involve two or three players in every play, um, that's yeah. that's not going to be hard to stop. And What, what play? What exactly. exactly. <laughs> pick and roll.
2: You're, yeah. you're, you're yeah. looking at the top of the key for the pick and roll. Everyone's chilling. You're yeah. resting. I mean... You should be basically... You want a great defensive team like the Clippers to be working for 24 seconds. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And that just didn't yeah.
0: happen. Like, they got... Yeah, we, we even had a few shot clock violations, man. Yeah, we, we did. And um, it just wasn't a good shooting night either. I think that hurts us as well. I mean, it's not every game that you see Damian Lillard shoot, you know, 0 for 8 on three pointers mm-hmm. that doesn't come come along. Um also, um I mean Melo Melo did his thing, I guess. 15 and 5, CJ 25 and 4. Um, but in general, just the three pointers would not fall in contrast to the Clippers. The Clippers I believe were above 50% from the three point arc, which is not a good sign. What did you guys think of I guess the yeah. perimeter defense of uh the Blazers? I mean, they had the Clippers had like four
1: guys that shot sixty percent or better from beyond the arc. So, you know, it's I I think it, you know, Roko and 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 Derek Jones can only do so much. Um, I think it came down to the fact that the Blazers were just slow on rotations. Mm -hmm. I mean, at times, some of the players just looked lost, man.
2: They didn't look motivated, like what I said before. I didn't feel the I didn't feel the energy. I didn't see energy. Mm-hmm. No one was fighting for rebounds. No one was, you know, rotating early in mm-hmm.
1: I mean, do you think that
0: that's because they just spent all their energy on the Lakers? That's a great question. I mean, it could be. Uh, they they did expel a lot of energy against the Lakers, and I mean, they they beat them one fifteen to to one o seven, and everyone's. That saw the game thought that this was the, the version of the Blazers that everyone is excited to see um, and, and, specifically and from from Gary Trent Jr mm-hmm. I mean he had his his coming out party that game he had 28 mm-hmm. points he was 7 for 11 on 3 pointers and he had like he was in his bag whether it be a swing pass wide open 3 to a step back 3 to driving in the lane and getting a layup he had it all um, I mean, the kid can play, right? Well, this is this is the thing that I want to bring up. Gary Trent, it seems like the Blazers team in general, um, the reason why it's hard for them to play with such intensity all the time is because the roles aren't really defined. Um, that's what I see, at least. You have a lot of people who play a lot of the same type of basketball and the same type of role. <laughs> and the one thing that's interesting that people have brought up, at least in like the Twitter world, is Gary Trent Jr. minutes versus... Carmelo Anthony minutes versus mm. Derrick Jones Jr. minutes. Right. Like who right. gets the lion's share out mm-hmm. of those three? Because they all three of them, they they sort of have different playing styles, but at the same time they play the same position. Mhm. I mean, I
1: think I think if I'm Coach Stotts, I'm giving the lion's share to Rocco because he's a proven defender. Right, he's been in the league a while. Like, like he should, he should be the guy that gets the lion's share. Now, whatever's left, right, you you've seen sparks from both guys, right? I mean, it, it, it's a much larger spark from Gary Trent, but you know, Jones has shown a lot of upside. So it's, I think that's hard to balance out. I, I think personally, you ride with whoever's hot.
2: I don't know. If I've been reading too much NBA Twitter, but the temperament within the blazer fan base seems that they want to see less Carmelo Anthony minutes. let the youth develop
1: I mean it's it's a love-hate relationship with with Carmelo yeah. right because on one hand you have a legend that brings you instant
0: offense whenever he's on the court yeah but he's also a turnstile on defense what what do you think Jay though like what expand on your thoughts on on why you think Carmelo's minutes should maybe be shaved a little bit
2: I don't think the issue with the Blazers has ever been offense. It's always been defense. And Carmelo, you know, like I'm I'm trying to speak objectively, but he was ranked one of the worst defenders in the league for the past few years. And if you have your rotation of Cantor and Anthony, and then if you have one of our stars like Lillard and McCollum on the court, our defense like significantly suffers. So it's a given take. Like, do we need, do we even need more often or should we, yeah should we invest more minutes in Jones jr. Where, you know, you're going to be nurturing talent. So by playoff
1: time comes, he'll be ready. That's a good point. As long as he's ready, come playoff time, you know, say you nurture that talent all season you know, maybe you don't win as many games, don't get a, as high of a seed uh, in the playoffs. I mean, if he doesn't reach that that pinnacle of
0: performance that you're looking for, was it worth it? Yeah, I mean, this is this is exactly what the Blazers Twitter world is, is discussing right now, because I think we're all sort of. Heartbroken over what to do, cause we love each of these players evenly. I mean Gary Trent Jr. I mean the, his performance in the bubble. Um, we we can't stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. And then also with Carmelo Anthony just being a straight up legend to come to Portland, that's a big deal in itself. And also it's kind of heartbreaking that we're talking about maybe shaving Carmelo Anthony's minutes when um, Stotts has literally said like the reason why Carmelo Anthony chooses Portland. Again, is because we wanna do right by his legacy. He literally said, do right by his legacy.
2: Well that's a bad coaching move to, to even say it's, that. It's probably
0: yeah. a bad coaching that's move. That's
1: terrible. I agree. And I mean at the end of the day it's still
0: it's still a business, right? Like you yeah. still you're yeah. still in it for, for one goal. Yeah. I mean if he's if he worded it as like help us win a championship, that's you know, that's open to interpretation, but if you throw in, like, do right by your legacy, then you're sort of promising contribution-type minutes. So yeah. I don't know if Stott's kind of pigeonholed himself into giving Mellow more minutes and if that's going to hamper the Blazers in the future. Um, but it's something interesting to watch.
2: I mean, in business, like Tim said, in a relationship with your ugly girlfriend, you set the expectations right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, don't... Wait, what? Don't what? promise. I, don't promise. What? what? <laughs> don't promise for lobster if you're gonna come through with McDonald's. <laughs> I'm
0: just saying. I'm gonna give you the best burger of your life, girl. <laughs> I, I don't g- even know. What I to know to do this with my that McDonald's comment. down the street. <laughs> hella good Big Mac. Yeah. Not ribs
2: McDonald's fries, though. That's,
0: that's hey, those are limited <laughs> goat edition fries. Man. <laughs> Shoot, that is goat fries, though. Undefeated. All right, so from this road trip. Um, you know, LA Lakers, LA Clippers. I wanted to ask you guys how do you guys feel generally about like the acquisitions that we have had? So, we're talking about Roko and um, Jones Jr. specifically in contrast to Harkless and Aminu because I think they get they get compared to pretty often.
2: What
1: happened in the liquor game? I mean, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a one-for-one swap at each position, right? I still think Roko and, and uh, Derek Jones Jr. is an upgrade. I, I don't think there's any... In upgrade. my mind, there's no question about it. Okay.
0: JJ, you think upgrade?
2: Upgrade, definitely. I think um, the litmus test so far was the Lakers. It answered a lot of the questions, I want to say, for the most part. Like I know you mentioned before, can the Blazers go against a formidable front court with ad and lebron Mm -hmm. right yeah and they they answered that question it's just like when we have these games like against the clippers it makes the fan base question everything
1: yeah i i also think that it it still comes down to team chemistry they're they're still building Mm the chemistry right like once once they figure out all the nuts and bolts like you're going to see more of, of games like, like you saw against the Lakers, right? Like, you're going to see a lot more of the team gelling, like like looking for the right uh, plays, you know. Uh, I think I don't want to call this Clippers game an anomaly. I don't want to call the Lakers game an anomaly either, but, you know, but I still think we're within that window where the team is trying to figure its identity. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with the whole identity thing too. And I'm, I'm glad that JJ brought up the point about um, the Lakers because that's actually something that I had a discussion with him. I was like, you know, this win against uh, the Rockets was good. Um, but the loss against Rudy Gobert and him just owning the middle was worrisome. I, I was thinking, well, well, what do we have to compete with with dominant bigs? And mm-hmm. then we get to the Lakers. We run into AD, and we handle it. And that showed me that this team is talented enough um, to handle all sorts of all sorts Man. of lineups. Um, yeah, I mean to hold to hold AD to what 14 points? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Really, really good. Really impressive win. Um, so there's there's hope. I mean, we we kind of saw the Jekyll and Hyde of the Blazers team with both LA teams, and I think there's still more growing pains to come. That being said, do you guys feel like the roster is currently complete? No. Looking at the past few games?
2: No, absolutely not.
1: I will say that I I personally think that this is one of the deepest Blazer teams we've ever seen uh, in a long while. Um, it's still, It definitely seems like there's... A hole that needs to be filled somewhere within the roster um but but i don't know if i don't know if that's because the chemistry isn't there you know i i'd be i'd be curious to revisit this this conversation you know 10 15 games into the season yeah. uh because i think you're gonna see the productivity uh increase over the next few games uh, with the the new acquisitions, I think you know Dame and CJ, even Nurk. I mean, Nurk is a great passer. I don't know what went what, what was going on uh, with this game tonight, but <laughs> I think I think we are all going to see Nurk
0: this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I think I think you are going to see the three of them looking for uh, the new acquisitions more, uh, especially when as they get accustomed to their play style. Like especially Derek jo- Jones Jr.
2: When playoff time comes along, and say McCollum or Lillard comes, like gets in, into foul trouble, is there mm-hmm. someone that you think that could be the floor general for the team, get some defensive stop?
1: I mean,
0: hundred percent. That's Gary Trent Jr. Mm-hmm. I it's, think. It's, I think that's the person that we're hoping he becomes.
1: Yeah. Well, but I. I mean, yeah. he's, he's he has shown flashes of it. Yes. now as far as a distributor that still remains to be seen but i think i think that's the the guy that's gonna you know turn the tide of a game as far as his defensive stops uh you know his his shooting
0: i i i think that's gary yeah if gary trent can be more consistent with shooting more consistent with uh defense just more consistent all around and improve his passing because i think he gets kind of like that Kobe tunnel vision like mm-hmm. I'm scoring on this possession and I'm not looking at anybody else um he gets like a little that but that's that irrational confidence mm-hmm. that I've talked about yeah. with um Gary Trent Jr. before but I think he does mm-hmm. have the potential to be a great wing player and I think they should groom that but I, but I think that's going to come with increased minutes too mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely come you know, with he, increased he has minutes. to get the time the thing that I don't see I don't see an end game for is the center. is mm-hmm. not going to get better. I'm sorry. What we're seeing from Cantor is peak Cantor that's, that's it. This is what you're getting. You're getting a guy that gets rebounds and he gets like a turnaround jumper every once in a while or turnaround like hook shot every once in a while. Um, mm-hmm. And then he kind of elbows people in the middle and he doesn't space the floor. That's what he is. That's Cantor. And we we love him for what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And he does it well. Unfortunately, I think
1: this is... Not tonight, but I I think I don't think Nurk is going to get much better than where That's he's at. That's where right
0: I'm now. going with, too, is that Nurk isn't going to get better either. You know, he's never been a rim protector. Never. And he's not, like, an athletic or, like, long big. He's just sort of, like, really smart, savvy player. Mm-hmm. But he isn't quite a defensive anchor and i think that's kind of why hassan whiteside and nurk worked well together because they were different they they accomplished different needs Mm -hmm. and i think we still need one more person to fill out or to round out that center position um, Mm -hmm. with someone who's a little longer someone who could rim protect a little better or at least just be more energetic in the middle there's a guy named Harry Giles. I don't know if <laughs> Portland has heard of this guy, but he's riding the pine. He's in the bench. Uh huh. I am the number one fan, obviously, because I've been talking about him since the preseason. He
2: got five boards tonight. He got more he than got
0: five boards. And in, I'm pretty in sure he got a block. In eight minutes. Eight minutes. And eight, eight minutes. minutes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Give and a, the and guy a killer <laughs> crossover. Give the guy some minutes. Give him. Show me. If you okay, what I texted you guys earlier is exactly what I want Stotts to do. If he sees Kanter get scored on twice in the paint, <laughs> put in put in Giles. See what he got. You know,
1: you know I actually I'm glad you brought up Giles because I wanted to talk to you. I was thinking about this earlier. I wanted to talk to you about um, the potential to see more of of Giles uh, in the wake of the news of Zach Collins. Yeah, Collins is most likely not coming back this season yeah i poor guy he's done yeah he's done yeah and 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 that sucks because you may be the number one uh fan of giles but i'm right up there with with collins i loved what i saw from collins um and and it's i think it's a huge blow to portland that he's not going to be able to come back but that being said the fact that collins is out Does that open the door for Giles to come in and start making a name for himself on this roster? Oh,
0: yeah, baby. Let's go. (laughs) Give him all those minutes. Whatever (laughs) minutes Zach Collins was getting, give it to Giles. I mean, well, I mean, that would be zero at the moment. Well, yeah, he was not getting any minutes. I mean, potentially, though, like
1: if he was healthy, if he was healthy.
2: I mean, why did he only he only played eight minutes tonight? And I have no idea why.
0: I don't
1: know well, why either. I, I I think I think you're you're trying to, to ride on the shoulders of Ennis Cantor and uh, Nurk, right? Because those I mean those guys are, are gonna be your workhorse down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're supposed to be. That's what that's what they're here for. This is the thing. But I but do you but do you, so you were talking about shedding Carmelo's minutes for Gary Trent. Do you shed those minutes for Giles?
0: I'm just saying that if Cantor is getting abused down low, you mm-hmm. give someone else a shot.
1: See, I'm of the mindset that Giles does need some minutes because he shows flashes of crazy explosiveness. He's got the energy to change the tempo of the game. You know, he's going to be there battling for literally everything. Every possession he's going to battle because he's got something to prove.
0: Did you see him posterize CJ Ellaby? Did practically said he had to put one on the rook, right? <laughs> he put a little spin move on him, rose over him, dunked on him. I was like, ooh, he's getting minutes. Didn't happen. Well, I mean it it, it did at the end of the game. But what not when it counted. What I'm and, and what I'm saying is that we know what Nert gives us, we know what Cantor gives us, we don't know what Giles gives us. And if he has a higher ceiling than both of those players, at least give him ten minutes. I mean, especially when you're down 20 points for most of the game. Yeah, yeah. Change something. And you're getting abused yeah, in the middle. You. That's 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 mm-hmm. simple.
1: I mean, who who were our rotations on on big this game? Mm-hmm. And you had Ennis, you had Nurk, and you had Carmelo. That's it. I mean, Rocco, I guess. But yeah, like, come on, man. Like, you could
0: squeeze in some Giles minutes. Now that we're talking about the current roster construction, I did want to bring up um, trade talks that were surrounding the Blazers. And I think everyone's heard of it. Mm -hmm. Everyone's Mm -hmm. heard of the person that we're targeting too. And that's Mm -hmm. James Harden. Um, Kind of big news that he added the Blazers and another team. I forget what the other team was. Was it Boston? Boston. Was it Boston? Yep, it was Boston. Yeah, it was Mm Boston. Boston. Um, he added Boston and the Blazers um to his destination wish list. Um, JJ, what do you what do you think about potentially trading for James Harden, what it might potentially take to get him to?
2: I mean, I that was his show, that was his kind of like audition when he played against the Blazers. And yeah. CJ kind of countered.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: But we were, you know, we were texting each other, and it was just like, Harden made some unbelievable shots. Like he does. Like he does. And, you know, I'm not a fan Mm -hmm. of his game, but you... It translates, though. It
1: translates to wins.
2: It does, and you kind of had it. You have to entertain that thought. Like, the duo Dame and CJ, we know what we're getting, like... How many more wins can they be better this year compared to previous years, right? Does this, is this the roster shakeup that the Blazers need?
1: It's hard to say because I think on one hand, you bring in Harden and you have two guys that the opposing team can't double team and get away with, right? Like You, you can't double-team Dame and expect to get away with it when Harden's on the court, and vice versa. Um, but on the other hand, are you going to mess with the chemistry uh, between Dame and his off guard? I mean, that's one thing you have to take into consideration. It,
0: it could be pretty devastating. Yeah, I mean... So what we're really talking about is probably having C.J. in a trade, right? Whether that be mm-hmm. C.J., I Gary mean you Trent, have some picks, and then maybe throw in, you know, Giles, possibly.
2: Throw in Rodney Hood, please.
0: Rodney
1: Hood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, poor guy, you know, like I, I loved Rodney Hood before his injury, but I think the injury changed his game.
0: And I think it, it had yeah. to. He's a, he's a year away. I mean, coming off of an Achilles, he's probably a year away from being remotely the player that he was before. Um, mm-hmm. But getting back to, like, the James Harden talk, I mean, if if Stotts loves isolation basketball, I mean, who yeah. better to go out and get than James Harden? Right. And for someone that came into the season way out of shape and not focused, to come out and score like 44 points on us like it was nothing like it was nothing like he made some crazy shots but he makes crazy shots all the time so it's like normal shots Mm -hmm. um it's just incredible and I think that Portland is just kind of salivating over maybe something new Mm -hmm. um I know that we love particular players we love CJ I mean absolutely um we have mad love for him and um but James but, Harden, but I, man. Yeah, but I, but I think you can't talk about a
1: trade for James Harden without having to involve CJ. CJ. Mm-hmm. Portland just doesn't have the pieces to give up anything other than CJ. Right. Right. I mean, and you, I mean, we're not giving Dame to anyone. No. Never. <laughs> so it. I mean, if 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 the Blazers were to give anyone away, it's going to be CJ. Probably packaged with one or two other guys and some picks.
2: Do you guys think a duo Dame and Harden would be a potential threat for the championship for the Lakers? Or is it more of a I lateral shirt?
1: Sure. I mean, I don't think that's lateral at all. I, mm-hmm. I think... Okay, let me back up. I can't say it's not lateral at all because in some respects, like CJ even proved he can do almost everything james harden can do i mean in that game the only difference is james harden also had 17 assists that's so, true you know that's mm-hmm. that's another thing that you know james harden could be an upgrade as far as
0: being a floor general when dame's off the court pump the brakes a little bit though cj can do everything that james harden can do Come on now, I mean, James he, Harden. He, he scored forty plus points as well. In that you know what I'm game. saying? In that I'm game, I'm just saying I will say
1: CJ plays better defense than Harden. Well, I mean, yeah, you can't say he doesn't. I mean, maybe. But I'm saying Oh, no, there's like, no maybe as a hundred percent yes. Are you kidding me? How many times has James Harden been on Shaq and the Fool just because he lost
0: his guy on defense? James Harden when has, has CJ pro- lost his guy on defense. James Harden has probably averaged 40 points for like the last six years. Dude, he has never averaged 40 points. Dude, are you serious? <laughs> Harden is in MVP talks all the time. Harden is completely amazing. Sure. I think I think in the- I'm not life, saying he I'm not saying he isn't. I think if there's I'm like a tier of superstars, James Harden is at least near the top. And For then sure. CJ's yeah. got to be like a rung, a rung below.
2: Would, would to even maximize Harden's talent though? Like I hate, we. this is a Stotts bashing pod, but
1: I mean, based off of this, <sighs> this game tonight, no. no.
2: Like <laughs> here's, here's my assess, assessment guys. Like the last three games, the, the Rockets game, What I saw was that the Blazers have the talent to win a game. The Lakers game was if they executed on defense and move the ball around, they'll win a game against the bet. Yeah. The Clippers game was if you don't execute at all, you don't move the ball, you don't play defense, you're going to lose by 30 or more. Yeah. Right. And it's just like we have these explosive players on offense, which are, you know, which are Dame, McCollum. Why aren't we having Nurk catching the ball on top and using his passing ability? He's known to be a above-average passer. Would you guys say a great passer for center?
1: Yeah, I would. Say I mean, so. I would say he's. A, I would say he's a good he's, passer for center. Yeah, he's yeah. a good
2: passer. Just like we're not utilizing the talents of the players. Like, Dame and McCollum, that's a dream to have two great shooters on your team. But it doesn't help if you're playing iso ball.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great point. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen Nurk at the top with the ball, and then CJ and Dame screen for each other Mm -hmm. in a split action, and then Nurk find the open three-pointer. Um... Which, I mean, in my brain, it works out because we've seen it with lots of other players. I mean, they, they did that before in, with the Rockets, with Harden and Chris Paul. They had that action a lot. And, um, yeah, I guess that kind of begs to, to wonder whether or not Stots would take advantage of a Harden, but I would like to find out. I would like to have Harden on this team. Oh, I'm not saying I wouldn't like to have Harden on this team. I think
1: that... I do think it would be an upgrade. Yeah, but you did say that CJ's James Harden. So. <laughs> I did not say CJ was James Harden. I'm just saying, production wise, CJ is right up there with James Harden. Maybe not completely statistically, but I mean he's up there. He gets the job done.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I am actually giving you a hard time about that because I I think if CJ McCollum had the usage rate that that Harden had he would have the potential to score as much as Harden but that's not the kind of basketball we play well, but um, and, and that's and also, not the kind of basketball also, that CJ plays
1: So, you also have to worry about bringing Harden in if it's going to ruin his game as far as his usage percentage like obviously Dame is the highest usage player on our team how would that work out? Um, that's the coach's job to find out yeah True. True. I'm just saying yeah. like that's I think that's going to be a
0: big pitfall if they do bring Harden in. All right, enough with the James Harden talk. Now we're going to get to our next segment and that of course is called Giving Props.
1: Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need for countless hours of research because they only ask you about the
0: top-tier athletes in their respective sports. For example, the New Year's Eve DFS features Jolen Bede's point total at 24.5. If you pick the over, it was worth 95 points, and if you pick the under, it was worth 105 points. The app also has Steven Adams' rebound total at 10.5. If you pick the over, it was worth 115. If you pick the under, it was 85. It's a fun and easy way to get into fantasy. Just remember to use promo code BUSTED when you sign up today, and you'll receive
1: an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store, or by visiting their website,
0: www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up. Prop up today. Indeed, prop up today. And that brings us our first of giving props. And let me talk about the definition of giving props first. And it is... Giving applause, giving kudos to a certain person, story, or situation. So JJ and Tim Johnson, I want to know if you give this props. Mm In the 1974 NBA draft, the Atlanta Hawks selected James Williams, a day-year-old infant baby. Do you give props to the Atlanta Hawks for drafting a baby in 1974? So... It's funny because I know this story. <laughs> elaborate, you, you, elaborate. What do you What so do you know? This
1: this this article here. Uh, I forget the guy's name. He was like a like a GM or something of the Hawks at the time, and his wife had just had a, a baby, right? And uh, to honor the birth of his son, it was an executive. He decided so, and also okay, an executive. Yeah, and and also to to preface this, um, back when this happened the NBA draft was much longer than two rounds. It was like 10 or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, uh, in the Look tenth at this round, basketball encyclopedia here, it, Nope. I just read this article <laughs> not too long ago. <laughs> so, uh, in the, in the 10th round, he decided he was going to honor his son by drafting, um, his son, to the Atlanta Hawks at, at one day old. I think this is hilarious. And I do give it props because that's that's some stuff I would do.
2: I just imagine some college kid at Duke waiting, looking at the TV, (laughs) 10 hours, this crazy draft and Mm -hmm. a baby is picked over him (laughs) (laughs) and his dreams are crushed. All those hours well, playing varsity ball in high school.
0: You know, he's that college kid is probably sitting in his room too. Is like, he's like, you know, this fool has like the worst wingspan in yeah. the draft class. <laughs> he can't even jump that high. It's, you can't even measure Very it. High. It's non-existent. His strength is so poor. He can't even like hold his own head up. I
2: guess that that college kid should have played better, right?
0: Yeah,
1: maybe he he should have tried you football. Should've,
2: should've, yeah, should have played badminton. Be a kicker on the well, so-
1: football team. So one of the things that it mentions in that article in that specific article is that uh, there wasn't enough talent to fill out these uh, uh, draft rounds. And so that's why they, they a lot of teams actually use joke picks for their last picks
2: tell that to that kid and cool. at duke that cried
1: <laughs> that came Hey man there's always overseas ball right <laughs> he can always become an insurance agent so jj props or no props props
2: to
0: the baby to the leno i'm gonna say yeah i'll give them props so we are both giving them props all right or you are both giving them yeah. props and for our next one um, Wisconsin defeated Wake Forest in the Duke's Mayo Bowl while celebrating this happened to their beloved trophy and RJ our producer played that video that we have so right now we see the quarterback Graham Mertz celebrating with the trophy and he's doing some sort of dance and the trophy falls drops in the locker room and it breaks it's shattered it shattered. It's completely shattered. Yeah, I mean,
1: so, they should have. They should have made a better trophy, right? Yeah, they should have. So made a here better. is the question:
0: Do you give props to accidentally destroying your school's bowl trophy game or bowl game trophy during the locker room celebration? Wait, I like his reaction. <laughs> oh no! <laughs>
1: okay, so I have a question. I don't. I don't know Wisconsin. Uh, this kid, what did you say this kid's name was? Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz. Is he, is he like a senior? I don't know if he's a senior, but he's the quarterback. Okay, so my whole thought, the, the thing that kept, keeps running through my, my mind is, man, I hope he's not a freshman. Because can you imagine playing the rest of your college career there knowing... That everyone else knows that you're the one who broke the trophy. Like you're not starting again. <laughs> so, so you want to know if I'm we get gonna... props to to him breaking the yes, trophy? Yes, to him. You you can't give props yes. to that man.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna say I hope he's a freshman so he gets picked on <laughs> for the next four years, maybe five.
1: Maybe he'll learn a valuable lesson, like don't don't dance with the don't trophy. Dance. <laughs> At least, yeah, make it worthwhile. Okay, my question to you is: How do you make that worthwhile? I mean, <laughs> like if you're gonna break a trophy, you better break it in some dramatic yeah, you
2: fashion. Better break it over somebody's <laughs> head, or you know,
0: <laughs> just chuck it against yeah. the wall. What? <laughs> what I'm wondering is: Did Graham Mertz have fumbling issues? He probably had. Uh, he had PTSD. When uh-huh. when a baby got
2: a scholarship over him, just like <laughs> James <laughs> William. And at that moment he dropped
1: the trophy. Look at look at that trophy. Look at that trophy. Like in its in his hands, does it look like it breaks in his hands? Dude, it oh. comes apart in his hands. That's not his fault.
0: I see what you're saying there. It does come apart. It should have been it's honestly it's the it's the trophy's fault. Yeah, who made who made such a crappy trophy. <laughs> Very true. Alright, well that actually concludes our podcast. Um, I'd like to give a shout-out, of course, to JJ, our guest. Thank you. Thank so you man. for joining us thank on you, the show. It's always a pleasure to have you.
2: Pleasure is mine, thank you.
0: We have another shout-out again to RJ, our producer, who's giving us video. Um, and also helping us edit getting our stuff on youtube eventually and you know mad shout out and thanks to him rj can you stay tuned can you
2: do a little like puff daddy yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) we definitely need to get rj a soundboard (laughs) so that he can (laughs) wear your
2: puff daddy adlers come on
0: i know we need to get him a soundboard so he could chime in with just sounds and everything that would be great and of course the final shout out is to our listeners to our fans um once again, I mean we're tweeting every single game. We love the fan engagement. We love the questions that we're getting. Some of the questions that we got to were yeah. that we used were from you guys today. Um so keep adding us. Tim, do you want to hit us with the with the Twitter account? Yeah, just come visit us at, at @BustedBucket. bucket. There it You'll is. Find us
1: on there. We're we're active. We're uh we're up for responding to anything you guys want to shout out at us. Uh,
0: and with that, uh Tim, what you gotta say? Well, that's it for this episode. Don't forget to rate, follow, and
1: subscribe if you're digging what we're saying. Be safe out there, Portland. We'll catch you next time on the Busted Bucket Podcast. Thanks for listening.